Do we have to clap? No, we don't have to clap to start the podcast. It's not an I believe in fairies thing. So you had said, what was one of the things that you had wanted to talk about? You said you had to ask me about something. Well, I wanted to just go over with you and kind of follow through on something that happened from your childhood and uh, a little incident of you telling someone that they needed to tidy up their house and that you had quit a job when you saw their house. And it is uh, a hero of our faith, none other than <laughs> General Nona Freeman. So that's a little thing. That's a little, that's a little ditty about Jack and Diane that we might not want to share on the podcast. So we don't have to include that. We don't have to include that though. It is your favorite story. I guess. I don't. Yeah. And just imagining you just getting busy with it and just like straightening out things that you had no business touching. I mean, this was the Melinda that I knew. What, what did I say to her though? Like I said something about, I said something. I think you said, we're going to have a lot of work to do here or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Sister Freeman. Yes. So now the people will never know that were I to have an opportunity to speak to great hero of our faith, Nona Freeman, what I would say is let's clean this house. We have a lot of work to do here. Yeah. Yep. We're just going to table that and we're going to begin the podcast in three, two, one. I'm Melinda Poitras, and you're listening to He Said, She Said, the one with books and bros. I do not have a bro here as a guest on the podcast today, and I don't think that we're really going to talk about books, although we may talk about a list that was written um, before this is over, but I am here today with Celinda Nickel, who, as you already know, if you listen to the podcast at all, is one of my favorite people because she is one of the best people on the planet. So there is that. There's nobody um, that I can think of as a mentor who's impacted my life more, who is funnier, um, who is there for me at my lowest, and I feel like we're going to hear about at my youngest, and (laughs) (laughs) and hopefully will continue to be there with me at my oldest. So welcome to the podcast, Celinda. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. These words are like making my eyes weep. So, you know, <laughs> just having a little moment there. Um, this is like the coolest podcast. I've had a chance to be on a couple of them. And wow, like I have hit, I have hit it now. You know what I'm saying? I can be like, I am Salimna Nickel. I've been on the podcast. Check me out. So <laughs> thanks for having me. You are welcome. Thanks for being here and thanks for being you because we all know there's no Melinda without Celinda. Why don't we discuss how we met, which I feel like you remember more than I do. So I guess you could start. (laughs) Wow. 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 Well, I started teaching school missions when I was 20 years old and I'm 52 and I taught school missions until about three years ago. So I met you on one of your deputations um, and School of Missions is a time where missionaries come together 
every four years for about two weeks and it's a training for the parents and it's a retreat for the MKs. And when I met you, you were in your prime. I want to say you were maybe <laughs> 10 -ish. Do you feel like you were 10? Maybe. And Cancer would have been eight. I don't Yes. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I did, Sienna was a baby and she was in her stroller and it was just the constant every break. Melinda was in charge and then Kendra let her know that she was in charge and the organizing of who is going to push Sienna and you know they were just you guys were a joy to have in the class because you were so smart and so creative and so funny and so serious about all things and I just fell in love with you all instantly and I had to really curb my enthusiasm because I have to like love equally but <laughs> it really took my heart and like pulled it out so um, but you, I kept in touch with your parents and, you know, as I worked full time with missionary kids, your mom and dad were so good about keeping me up to date on how you're doing in school. And, you know, when you're making that transition mm. college, um, it was just a time where, first of all, my heart really went out to your parents. Your dad was uh, just struggling with you leaving as he, you know, as every missionary does and every parent for you coming to America. And then I have the other side of Melinda and the culture shock of being in college. And I think that all those things, just all those journeys that we went through just strengthened our bond. And really, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I look at it as the things that I went through really strengthened I guess my core to want to help other people so they didn't struggle the way that I did. And I feel like you've done the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you've been a great role model for MKs yourself. Well, I had a very good role model for myself. So well, that probably, that probably helped. I would think. Yeah. I just kept feeling like if there were words that I would want to have had someone call and tell me, mm -hmm those words be and I remember a time which I don't know if you mind me sharing this if you do just tell me to zip it up and it'll go back in the vault yeah no I want you to share it because I was sitting here thinking that I hadn't planned on us talking about this but I feel like we should talk about it so please okay. go ahead so Melinda was really struggling as a normal MK in the circumstance that she was in and just everything was different I mean the way that people around her were dressing, the fact that it was freezing cold out and the fact that, you know, people didn't know her, her background, they could care less if she was an MK because they were trying to do all things cool. And they didn't realize at that point just how amazing she was. And so she was really hating life. And I remember calling her and telling her, Melinda, if you really, really, really hate it there and you really want to leave, I will come and get a car and pack up every single thing that you own and we will take you to wherever you're happy. Mm -hmm. And what did that do to you when you heard that? Well, this is what I was sitting here thinking when you started talking about that time. I just needed to know that I had options. Like I felt so stuck right. and so just hearing that I didn't have to stay there gave me the strength that I needed to stay there. Right. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that you wanted to leave and it's not that you no. want, 
you know, that you weren't happy to be there. It was just that you did feel that way. And so I think sometimes, and this is good for whoever's listening today, just to know that there, you may feel stuck in a situation, but there are options that God could open at any moment. Yes. In his supernatural wisdom is choosing not to, but at any point he could. Right. And so, you know, there is always a way of escape and sometimes he does provide it. And sometimes he's like lean into me right now because you're needing to grow some things. So, um, but yeah, then I heard less and less from you. So as <laughs> a, that's a great sign to me, you know, that you were just adapting. And I remember visiting you, you had your accident and we sent. I feel like we sent you flowers. When you, you did had your accident mm-hmm. and, Um, I just heard less and less and it's because your family at IBC was just surrounding you. And by family, I mean, your IBC peeps, like Mm -hmm. all people around you that you're still great friends with. Right. And that is exactly what should happen. Um, but then the Lord blessed us, uh, favored us so greatly and allowed us to work together with missionary kids and, you know, just the experiences I think that we've both had in the team that we were able to really say, we don't want another MK to go through this. How could we strengthen them by the experiences that we went through? So yeah, we got to work together and it was a great season. And um, I always cherish, we have the goofiest, wackiest, weirdest sense of humor when we get together. And it's like, but it's okay. I mean, they can, they can stare. They, they have the right to share, but they just want to stare. So I mean, it's kind of their loss, you know? Yes. 100% their loss. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's yep. kind of our story. And I think that every time, you know, we were together, the Lord just through so many prayer meetings and times of like importation, just strengthened our bonds. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my love for you and my friendship with you wasn't just because you were an MK. It was because you were Melinda and, um, hopefully you realize that and you know that, but in my heart, there's just like always a place for you and your family and for other MKs too. So anyway, you had the love festival long enough. Now I'm going back to hating you. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) I just like everything that I think of is so cheesy that I know you would hate it. So it's just making me smile. You know what I mean? Like all I'm thinking is that, you know, you said you had that place in your heart for me and I'm like, yes. And when I had no other home, that place was definitely my home. And I mean it and I feel it so sincerely, but you love it when I'm a cheese ball. So I'm going to stop. I have moments where I get into more cheesy things lately. So I think it's a brain aneurysm. (laughs) 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 The cheesy place in my heart. I don't know. Yes. A little bit of the sarcasm is gone and that is entered in. I can't. I'm just thinking about, there is another one of us actually. It's me, you and Barrick who are just a dynamic trio and the listeners don't know, but the best part of any time that we would spend together is when like anything that Celinda and Barrick would decide to just go off on a tangent about that they hated was always something that I like secretly did. So they would be like on a 15 minute tangent about, you know, people who wear church mother hats to church. And I'm like, Oh, like in my mind, mentally burning all of my fancy hats in my closet. Cause you know, I can't let anyone know I have them. (laughs) Yep. Can't wear those anymore. 
I do love church hats though. I mean, if whoever's listening and you're a church hat wearer, please don't use that as like a valid example that we can't be friends. Because <laughs> I need one more friend on Instagram and I'll have like 52 friends. It's so exciting. Follow like, Celinda today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. And then, I mean, who knows where it'll go after that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm really excited because I'd asked you what you wanted to talk about. And you said that you felt like we should talk about a list that you made one time and the circumstances surrounding that. And I feel like the listeners are going to love this and I want to talk about it, but I never would have asked you to talk about this. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Hey, sharing is caring. And I feel like, you know, the Lord had me in this season that I was at for the purpose of, you know, getting me to the next level. So whoever I can help with it, I want to share on. So I will tell you that I went to three different Bible colleges. I had settling issues. Mm. Um, I had issues of really just attaching in America. And so I finally, my parents were regional directors of the Caribbean, Central America, Mexico. And I was in Guatemala on AIM and came back and they're like, yeah, we're moving to America because all the regional directors have to live in America. And I'm like, are you kidding? I said some other things as well, but I, the nice one was, are you kidding? So I moved to America Mm -hmm. and filled out my AIM application pronto. And I was like, Hey, I'm out of here. I'm going on AIM. And my pastor that I, you know, had met like two weeks, (laughs) two weeks before was like, yeah, you're not going on AIM. And I was like, what? And he said, no, I will let you know when you're ready to go on AIM, but you're not ready. You're going to learn how to settle. And I was like, first of all, who are you? This is what my spirit was saying. Obviously I needed mm-hmm. to settle that my spirit was saying this to my leadership, but I was like, who are you? You do not know me. And yes, I will go on AIM because I am a vagabond and I move around. And really that season when I tell you, he told me no for four years. And then I finally quit asking. And uh, my pastor's wife said to me, the reason why you are here is because to settle your spirit. There has to be a settling in your spirit so that you will actually open up to God's will for your life. And I'm like, okay, yes. What is God's will? I'm obviously going to be married. I'm going to be a missionary. All things amazing are going to happen. You know, in comes the Cinderella story and all the little fairies and all that. And so she said, why don't we start out this way? Why don't we, we've been praying. Why don't you make a list of the things that you want in your husband? And I'm like, yes, I am so on that. So I took out um, a note card and I wrote down that I wanted him to be a PK. I wanted him to uh, have a burden for missions and specifically for the Caribbean. I wanted him to want to also have two children, like all this list. And just what I thought was just exceptional qualities, you know, like always be, you know, someone that is led of God and speaks prophetically and just all, I mean, so I, I brought the list. I mean, I, that list was so special. I had in my Bible, I gave it to her and she read it down to like two lines and takes it and like rips it up. Mm. And she goes, thanks. That's not the real list. Go work on it again. And I'm like, What? I do you know how long it took to like come up with that amazing like list and she goes this is even realistic why don't you pray about what God has and then write another list so I went and I prayed and I was like okay God you know I'm not giving up that he's a PK I am an MK we have to have these things in common we have to have ministry backgrounds he needs to be called at least missions we'll take out the islands but he needs to be in missions 
and, you know, things that I thought were so, so important. And I wasn't even thinking about like the love for children or good sense of humor mm-hmm. or anything like that. You know, I'm just thinking of these lost, lofty goals that I thought were God's goals for my life, but they really were my prejudice things coming through. Like, and I don't want to say prejudice, but things that I had in my flesh, these expectations mm-hmm. and really they were so much lower than what God provided for me. So I took the second list and she read it again and she was like, no, ripped it up. She got to the third line. I think maybe that time she got to like the third line, she ripped it up and she said, I want you to honestly fast and pray. And I want you to give me some good biblical characteristics that you want in your husband. And then I will be serious about praying with you, but I am not I'm not taking these lists. You're not taking this serious. And I literally remember going home and I was crying in the car all the way home. And I was like, God, I don't even know what this woman wants for me. And I sat down in prayer and after reading the word and I was like, I want him to love you beyond the fact that he loves me. I want him to cherish me. I want him to cherish your word and I want him to be humble. I want him to love children freely. I want him to always follow hard after your word, even if it doesn't make sense to us that he'll follow after your word. And I started taking out things like, you know, characteristics that I thought were so important and backgrounds and, and all of these things that I began to see as the Lord began to reveal to me that I was putting in my own little nuances that the Lord is like, that doesn't even matter because when I bring someone to you, it's going to be perfect. And I know the path that you have. You do not even understand the path. And so I finally brought her that third list and she said, this, this is it. And, you know, she told me after that, she said, and I just called her actually past week and I thanked her. I'm 52 years old. And I thanked her. I said, you know, Nita, I said, you really set the bar so high as someone that cared and nurtured and took care of my soul during that season, because you let me know what really mattered as far as looking for a spouse. And, you know, we begin to pray earnestly over that list and the power, the Lord talks about the power of two or three touching and agreeing. And now we can get serious about what it was. And I'm talking about characteristics and life goals and to be a person that's passionate about witnessing. And the first thing out of their mouth in the morning is giving glory to God and just a heart for evangelism and all these things. And so um, she was saying to me that there's a season that the Lord says, this is it. This is your time, like a stamp of approval on your head. And she said, during that time, she said, the floodgates open. She said, guys come out of everywhere that you've ever wanted to date you and that you've ever cared about and that you can have your choice of saying yes or no to anybody. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what kind of wacky weed you were smoking, but that is some kind of strong wacky weed for you to think that can happen to me. Like what in the world? Cause I was like in the desert, you know, there's like no guys even sniffing near my car, much less me. So I was like, I don't understand how you can think that'll happen. And I remember going um, to see my brother at Christmas and this is the funny thing is that I, I got bumped up to first class and um, I sat next to this guy and he was six foot seven. And when I, when I sat next to him, I looked over and I was like, gracious, I should have added that to my list because mm. it doesn't matter what I feel. I feel like I'm so tiny next to this guy. He's like so tall. And then I was like, God, I know it's not on my list, but can you give me a really tall guy? Cause I feel mm. really great. And, um, 
So like I said, all these guys kind of came out of the woodwork and I met John literally the end of December. And, you know, we went through marriage counseling. We had, oh, I want to say 13 sessions that our church made us go through, which I'm so grateful for. And I would not get married without marriage counseling because it's just like, who's going to take out the trash? Who's going to do the budget? Who's going to like all the things that you never think about because you're in la la land. And at the end of our marriage counseling, she said, I want to thank you for submitting to God and his will. And we are in full agreement that you need to get married. And by the way, here's your note card. And I was, I had almost forgotten at that point about the note card because I'd given it to her, you know, and I had, I had prayed over it and, and I looked and I read the characteristics and John Nickel had every single character trait that I had been praying about. And she said, this is what the Lord does. He does all things perfectly. And so I just want to encourage you that if you feel like you are trapped or you're in a time warp and things are not opening up, um, you know, just give it to the Lord. And I would say also fully, fully, fully get involved in the work of the Lord until that happens. Right. Because you're going to meet your mate when you're fully giving yourself to the Lord and they're going to be fully giving stuff to the Lord and they're going to like be like oh who's that worshiper you know because they want someone that's fully given to the Lord as well so right and God is just he blows my socks off he just yeah. does yeah so, and so I, good you know like here's the deal I thought at that time that I was going to be a missionary God didn't call me to be a missionary he called mm-hmm. me to work missionary kids and right I didn't know that. I didn't even see the full plan for my own life. So I would have been narrowing down what God had for me if I would have been trying to put, you know, my husband into the wrong category. So I'm so thankful for the wisdom of God and his leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, if you're in that, if you're in that spot today where you're just feeling so frustrated and you feel like, I don't understand why it's not working. First of all, make the list, get someone to pray with you over the list and maybe be honest enough to rip up the list for you to get down yes. to the list, but then just trust him and know that it is going to happen. Yeah. You know, the righteous man's steps are ordered by the Lord. And so are the women's, even if they're in high heels, they're ordered by the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know about my list and how it's been whittled down. And it's really funny because I was just thinking about this today, how there's so many like lofty things that I thought that I wanted recently. And I went back and like got my list out like the, you know, like the honed down, you know, like 15 things, Mm -hmm. just like what it actually is. And I actually looked at it and it's funny, for example, you know, like I thought that I really wanted someone who read books. And what is on my list is someone who appreciates words, especially my words. It's not the same thing. Um, So I thought that that was interesting. And the other thing is that I had written this like spoken word poem about my future husband. And I was like, so convinced, you know how you like know that you're anointed when you're writing something. (laughs) I was just like, so convinced, like, that this is how it's going to be. And we actually like preached a conference one time, you and I, and one of the reasons that I got asked to speak at this conference was because um, the person who asked us had read that poem. And I was just like, I remember being there in the hotel room and thinking about it, like, how am I supposed to speak to these people 
you know, like I have written this poem that I was like, you know what I mean? Like, so sure was prophetic and like, he's not even here. And earlier this year, I um, was praying about that and thinking, thinking about it. And the Lord was like, yeah, that poem was not about your husband. And I was just like, okay, you know, I'm all offended. And he was like, that wasn't about your husband. That was about somebody else's husband. He told me who. And what's interesting, eventually, this will be on the podcast if they let me and give me permission. But what's interesting is the person that I was writing about was at that conference with us. Mm -hmm. He just, you know, wasn't for me. And so I don't know. I just love the Lord and how he is so attentive to detail and how he cares about every detail of our lives. Yes. And that is one of the things that being in close relationship with you has taught me. And I don't know. I'm really grateful for that. And I'm really grateful for the story that he writes and what he's doing behind the scenes that we have no idea about. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the pause or the hesitation, it's not because of you. It's because of your future spouse, because I know that I had a prophecy that was given to me on a specific date. I'd written it down in my Bible and there was the Lord is saying, I am bringing him to you, but there are things that I am hewing and changing in his life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, first of all, that is a prophecy of the Lord. Cause who says hewing, you know, yes, like, exactly. That is not a new top 10 vocab unless you're a readers digest reader. Um, and I asked him when I met him and, you know, we had gotten pretty serious in our talks, um, which we met on the internet. There's a whole story with that as well, but, uh, we had gotten pretty serious with our talks and that was actually the date that he got baptized. Mm. And so he wasn't even saved when I was praying, you know, and I, yeah. in this process. And so the Lord had to go through that process with him and, um, just pretty incredible. He saw fit to see someone all the way on the East Coast and bring him, bring us together from the Midwest and back then meeting on the internet, which was so crazy to people and Mm. so insane. And I would never recommend it today, even unless you're led of God and your spiritual authority is led of God to do that. But um, yeah. So he has a perfect, he has, oh my word, if he has to bring him from New Zealand, he can bring him to you. Like there is no limit to God. And you like accents anyway. So I think you'd be up for that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not on the list, but probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, probably. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the podcast, for sharing all of that, for being here, uh, on the podcast and here for me always. And let's all remember that we have options because the Lord's storehouse is limitless. Let's let him write our lists. Let him write our stories. Let's all be better together. And by the way, Celinda, how tall is your husband? He's six foot eight, mm-hmm. an inch taller than what I was stooping for. Exactly. Yeah. He's a good God. Mm-hmm. A real, real good God. You've been listening to He Said, She Said, the one with books and bros. Hopefully something you've heard made you smile, inspired you to think, 
or called you nearer to a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for making space. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place.